Good morning on this Saturday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. Today we have made full circle. We're going to be studying the scripture with which we began in the very beginning of the study on the Feast of First Fruits. Remember, they were the Lord's Feast. They were initiated and started by Him. All their significance and all their purposes are in Him. And in the book of uh, Matthew, we have a clear, concise uh, picture of what was taking place during that time. Now, this, this, this is written before Jesus actually had ascended, but it actually occurred after Jesus had already ascended and descended back uh, on earth. It says, And the graves were open. Matthew twenty seven fifty two, And the graves were open. You'd almost think this was a rapture or a uh, end of the world uh, uh, teaching. But it says, And the graves were opened, and many of the bodies of saints which slept arose. Now there <clears throat> in itself is talking about individuals that had been uh, been buried completely. They were completely dead. They were also completely already corrupted. Unlike, uh, let's say, Lazarus, which had just died and four days later, he was raised from the dead. His body hadn't begun to decay completely. But here we have bodies that had slept. It doesn't say for how long, but they had slept. They had been in the grave and they arose. And here is the next scripture, 53. And came out of the graves after his resurrection. Okay, see, so it's after Jesus resurrected. He was the very firstborn, the very first one to raise from the dead. And most likely the first one to ascend up to heaven and at that point, uh, present the first fruits before the Father, present his blood also at the same time, and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now, we have to remember that in the natural, in the city of Jerusalem, in the temple, they were preparing on that very day that Jesus resurrected from the grave. They were preparing the first fruits which were offered unto the Lord for the coming harvest, for the fullness of it, almost like a down payment, almost like a, a, a deposit, a guarantee of that which was yet to come. It says in verse number 54, <clears throat> Now, when the centurion and they that were with him, look at the signs and the events that took place during the time, that uh, Jesus was crucified and was going to be buried and when he resurrected. These are the same signs that appeared, but uh, instead of uh, it being during the crucifixion, now it's during his resurrection. Verse 54. Now when the centurion and they which were with him, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake. Notice Jesus is hanging on the cross and uh earthquake takes place and those things that were done they feared greatly saying truly this was the son of god so what they saw how they saw it and when they saw it caused them to say 
that this was the Son of God. Now, that was just part of it. In uh, Luke chapter 23, verse 44, it says, And it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness. There was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Another supernatural sign that was taking place in Luke 23, 45. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. <clears throat> so we see this taking place on earth. Now, in heaven, it says, in Ephesians 4, 8, the timing for this, and the days for this, and the nights for this, and who exactly these individuals are and were, there's a speculation uh, as to it, but I'm just going to read it as is. At another time, we'll address it a little bit more. Okay, so the temple veil has been rent. Okay, and now Jesus has been buried. He's been in the grave for three days, for three nights. And it says in Ephesians 4, 8, Wherefore he saith, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. And gave gifts unto men. Now we have to ask ourselves the question. What was Jesus doing under the earth? We've talked about this a little bit. During the time that we was, uh, he was there. Remember he was the anointed. His physical body and blood paid for our sins. For our redemption. But now Jesus is no longer bound to that physical body. And to the laws of time and the laws of the earth, as far as we're concerned. And the Bible says that the same one that ascended up, he led captivity captive. Now, some may assume or say uh, this was the, the devil and all his uh, angels and all his demons. And in other words, he paraded them out and, and showed that they had been defeated, according to Colossians. And he gave gifts unto men. Now, what gifts could you possibly give when you're underneath the earth? Well, the only ones that can be given if Jesus preached, or if Jesus spoke, or if Jesus taught the spirits that were down there, the only gifts that are available are the gift of salvation. The Old Testament saints had not received the gift of salvation as we receive it by believing on Christ, it could be very possible that he preached unto them and they had heard by the grapevine, by others that were in there, the prophets and individuals that had seen, especially the thief that had been crucified with Jesus, and they testified of who he was, what he did. So the gifts that are possible that that he could have given are the gift of eternal life, the gift of salvation. So this is important to understand that if he gave gifts, what were they? And then it says in verse 9 of Ephesians 4, Now he that ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? So you can't get away from this when it uses the word earth or when it describes the earth. is talking about that which is the physical earth, the soil, the dirt, that which we walk on, the, the, the globe. 
So he descended in underneath to the underworld where both uh, paradise and where hell itself are kept. <clears throat> and he descended there first and he gave gifts unto men, as we mentioned, possibly the preaching of the gospel to the Old Testament saints so that they would be able to be brought out of paradise and into heaven. And it says in verse number 10, and he that descended is the same also that ascended far above all heavens that he might fill all in all. Having done that, then we find the scripture in the book of First Thessalonians 4.13 and 14 and onward. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13 onward. But I would not that you, <clears throat> I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them that sleep. And remember, the word sleep is a term that is used for those that have died. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily asleep. That you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Verse 14 for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, notice what we're, we're to believe, that he died and that he rose for us. Even so, them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. It says in verse 14, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent, that means we won't, we won't be before them, that are asleep, those that have died. <clears throat> Verse 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the <clears throat> archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then, verse 17, We which remain, which are alive, and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Verse 18. Wherefore, comfort ye one another with these words. Christ is now become, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and is become the first fruits of them that slept. Praise God. Praise God. Rejoice in that. That even at death, we will not be defeated. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.